the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Woolley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Hour number two of the Bruce Woolley Show on a Friday includes our weekly visit with Jack Windsor, Ohio Press Network. One of the sites you need to be reading to get the real news. It is news that is useful for you, and it's a lot of times answering the questions that other media won't answer because they don't want you to have the answers. And in that regard, as we welcome Jack, and you can follow Jack on Twitter at Jack Windsor, follow the Ohio Press Network, theohiopressnetwork.com, is an answer to a question that I have had since this common pleas court judge in Cincinnati, Christian Jenkins Jack, has used his own personal view of abortion, and he's pro-abortion, to cease the application of the heartbeat bill, duly voted into law, signed into law, by the elected representatives of the people. One common pleas court judge, one in 88 counties, can uh, make abortion available throughout Ohio up to 20 weeks. I don't understand why one common pleas court judge has that authority. You guys have explained it. Explain it to my listeners. Bruce, first of all, thank you for choosing me today. It's always an honor to be with you and the Answer family. That's a great question that you ask. It's also one that one of our readers asked. He said, hey, you know, I remember when there were uh, county judges around the state who told Mike DeWine and Amy Acton that their pandemic orders uh, were overstepping. And in those instances, those orders seem to apply to those specific cases or in that county. But now with the abortion ban, it's statewide. Why is that? So we are really blessed to have uh, Daniel Gear, who is a uh, magistrate in the Cincinnati area. He does uh, a column for us um, called, uh, or excuse me, a column for us on on legal matters uh, called Point of Law. And uh, Daniel wrestled with that. Here's the, the the quick and dirty on it. In the pandemic cases, those cases, for whatever reason, it's a legal strategy thing, perhaps they didn't include Dave Yost. Uh, when there were issues of constitutionality. Uh, it, because Yost is the Attorney General, Yost would have to be included and have the opportunity to weigh in. He didn't. So those cases were relevant to the specific instances and perhaps within those counties. In the case of the abortion ban, they did include Dave Yost on their question of constitutionality. Uh, therefore, that injunction applies statewide. Okay. I don't like it. Hopefully the uh, AG will get involved and we'll be able to get this back to where, where I think the people of the state of Ohio want it to be. And speaking of the people of the state of Ohio, I really believe the will of the people in the state of Ohio is not for indoctrinating our kids into sexual ideology and gender identity. We see it play out in a ton of districts, Jack. You guys have covered it at the Ohio Press Network. You've tweeted about it at Jack Windsor. And we've always kind of wondered when it concerned Hilliard with these badges the teachers are wearing with the LGBTQ flags on it and the I'm safe labeling where Dave Stewart, the superintendent of Hilliard, stands on this, because he's done a nice job of existing in the squishy middle. Now we know from a story on your site that a board member, Beth Murdoch, and she's one of the good ones, one of the conservatives elected to the board in the last time they could elect members to the board, that she's tried to deal with this in department policy, deal with it the right way. 
and Dave Stewart has stood in the way of that. What do you know about Dave Stewart? Do you agree with me that parents in Hilliard may not agree with his position on this? So, you know, as an outsider, as somebody who's just looking at the, the matters, I don't know David Stewart. Uh, we've reported on the I'm Here badges. We've reported on some of the other things going on in Hilliard. And, of course, he's involved in this story, uh, which he did a great job of teeing up. Beth Murdoch tried to put on the agenda a, po- a proposed policy change, and she's on the policy committee, so it would have been an agenda for a policy committee meeting. And uh, she got a ton of pushback, and Dave Stewart did not want to include it. Um, his words were, you know, I, I would recommend you don't do that or something along those mm-hmm. lines. And the long and short of it was he said, hey, you know, we are in such a volatile political environment uh, that if we even have this discussion on this proposed policy change, my concern is that it's going to be, a, you know, it's a powder keg and it's going to explode and we're going to end up um, damaging or, or isolating already vulnerable, you know, vulnerable population of kids. And so, but what Beth was trying to do, she made two attempts, both were rejected, was trying to say, hey, look, as it relates to um, our health policy, we're going to state that it's Hilliard's intent to include parents in all in all instances. Include and parents. Like- include parents. Yeah. Parents were to be told if their kids wanted to identify by a different name or if they wanted to adopt a different identity rather than their, you know, sex at birth. The parents were to be involved. That was the quote-unquote radical change she wanted to make to this policy. Well, it gets better, yes. And so that was rejected. And then um, she said, okay, well, here's the deal. I'll amend it. And she said, look, we'll we'll, we'll include that. And I can't repeat the the language verbatim. I don't have it in front of me. But then she also added um, that would not entail, you know, the health-related decisions that, that the parents should be involved with. It wouldn't entail certain situations where a kid might have, you know, a question about danger or uh, about gender uh, or sexual orientation, and, you know, there might be that risk, right? Like, if the kid being outed, if it was some sort of hazard, potential hazard to their health or well-being, and they still didn't want to put it on the agenda, Beth told me, hey, I just want transparency. I want parents to know where we're at. That's what I ran on, and we can't get this item on the agenda. Jack Windsor, our guest, Ohio Press Network, theohiopressnetwork.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Jack Windsor. I just watched this morning on Fox some very eloquent parents from Virginia talking about a myriad reasons why they want to be involved in their kids' education. And I think, Jack, nationally, this issue is not going away. I think it's going to be a transformative issue, as it was in the election of Glenn Youngkin as governor of Virginia. I think it's going to be a transformative issue in Ohio. I do not believe that parents, by majority in this state, think that it's okay for schools and teachers to have secrets about the kids that the parents don't know. I think this is a losing position for any politician to adopt. It seems Democrats are adopting it. There may be a Republican here or there who's adopting it. I don't see this as a partisan issue. I see this as a parenting issue. You're a parent. How do you view it? Are you surprised the Democratic Party, just from a political platform position, wants to embrace this, keeping secrets from parents? Look, I'll give you some really strong opinion here. You're asking about the Democratic Party. You have a president that is incompetent, potentially maybe not even fit to be in office. You have a vice president who lies about the border. You have a U.S. Senate candidate in Pennsylvania who can't comprehend uh, verbal speech, can't communicate uh, through speech, and can hardly stand up. Uh, These folks really don't seem to care um, about the well-being of people, and I'm just being honest. 
So am I surprised? No, I'm not surprised. I don't think it, though, is a Democrat versus Republican issue. So I also, going, I'll tie Dave Stewart into this comment. Do I think Dave Stewart is, is trying to make it so that kids are groomed by people who are nefarious? No, I don't believe that. But there are people who take advantage of well-intended people like Dave Stewart to do bad things. But on the other side of it, let's be really clear. If I'm a parent and I don't want my daughter competing against boys, I don't want my daughter in a locker room with boys. I don't want my daughter in a situation where if there is any gender dysphoria or any health-related issue, I don't want to be kept out of the loop, period. Now, does that make me a transphobe? Absolutely not. And it's totally disingenuous. It's intellectually dishonest for the opposing view to say, hey, you hate these kids. No, I love all kids. I'm in charge of my kid. So if being in charge of my kid is a bad thing, if it makes me homophobic, then we're in clown world. And, and I think a lot of people stand in that and they go, look, I love all of these kids, but I have a right to decide what's best for my kid. I have a right to bring my kid up. That is my right. And I think I think that's really going to be a significant issue for Democrats going into midterm elections. Yeah, that's very well said. Jack Windsor's our guest. He's with the Ohio Press Network. Read their site daily, theohiopressnetwork.com. Contribute to their site. Their independent journalism is much needed. Uh, Jack distinguished himself during COVID as the one reporter who would ask tough questions. His reward of a Republican governor, his one reward was by uh, being shut out or attempting to be shut out by the DeWine administration. Let's switch to uh, the Senate race in Ohio. Tim Ryan, J.D. Vance, they'll debate on Monday night. Uh, They certainly, I think, knew what to expect from each other uh, in their last debate. Do you think anything appreciably will change on Monday night? Do you think any independents out there will be swayed by anything that happens Monday that hasn't happened already? Great question. I do believe, you know, some people would argue the debates matter. I, I believe they do. You know, there's your 30% on one side, 30% on the other, and then you've got that middle ground. I think that there still are some people who are undecided. Um, I think that J.D. Vance did very well in the first debate. Um, was it a, a complete knockout? Probably not. Uh, you know, Tim Ryan had some, you know, really strong lines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the uh, the one about I don't want to be a, a buck, you know, buck kicker. Yeah. I want to be a butt kicker. Um, you know, that's something that resonated. But overall, I think J.D. Vance did a, a fine job of diving into the nuances of policy. And I think that in those times, uh, he caught Tim Ryan off guard. Um, but uh, there's room for improvement uh, for both of them. So I think that uh, what you'll see a lot of in this next debate, I would anticipate, is fact-checking. Well, you know, Tim, in the first debate, you said this. Mm. You know, J.D., in the first debate, you said that. I think this parents' rights issue uh, I think this LGBTQ agenda issue in our schools is going to be a significant factor. Look, in that first debate, the moderators made abortion uh, one of the significant issues. The reality is abortion is there with uh, with um, crime. It's there with immigration. And the number one issue is the, is the economy. So I think we'll hear more about the economy and probably more also about crime and immigration. That would be refreshing if we got issues people care about, not news anchors cared about. Jack Windsor, they care about you at the Ohio Press Network. They answer the questions you have. They report stories down the middle. I'm a a subscriber. You should be a subscriber to theohiopressnetwork.com. Follow Jack on Twitter at Jack Windsor. Jack, thanks for your time. Have a great weekend. Bruce, God bless you. Thanks for choosing me. Talk to you soon. Bruce Hooley Show on The Answer. My thanks to Jack Windsor of theohiopressnetwork.com.
That was a history-making interview with Jack Windsor. Alan Rogers on two fronts. Do you know why that was a history-making interview with Jack Windsor? No. Number one, because Jack Windsor is not a columnist. He's a reporter. He very rarely ever gives an opinion when he talks. But I appealed to him as a father. So it's groundbreaking that Jack gave an opinion. And the other thing that's groundbreaking is that I've never brought back right after interviewing a guest something that guest said. But I thought Jack was so eloquent on why parents care so much about this woke indoctrination and grooming in schools that I wanted you to hear again from a real live Ohio parent why this is an issue that should galvanize all of us on both sides of the aisle, but sadly does not. And so Democrats want to come down on the side of indoctrination and cramming sexual ideology down the throats and brains of kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, fifth graders. There is no middle ground on which we can ever have accord with that kind of demonic attitude. And Jack Windsor stated it eloquently. Let's be really clear. If I'm a parent and I don't want my daughter competing against boys, I don't want my daughter in a locker room with boys, I don't want my daughter in a situation where if there is any gender dysphoria or any health-related issue, I don't want to be kept out of the loop, period. Now, does that make me a transphobe? Absolutely not. And it's totally disingenuous. It's intellectually dishonest for the opposing view to say, hey, you hate these kids. No, I love all kids. I'm in charge of my kid. So if being in charge of my kid is a bad thing, if it makes me homophobic, then we're in clown world. And, and I think a lot of people stand in that and they go, look, I love all of these kids, but I have a right to decide what's best for my kid. I have a right to bring my kid up. That is my right. Amen 100% to every single word of that. And that kind of courageous attitude is present not only here in Ohio, it's obviously present in Virginia. I told you about Ainsley Earhart's interview this morning on Fox. Uh, here she is talking to a uh, a black father. And listen closely and hear how he gets emotionally choked up talking about why he's willing to go out front with his objection to sexual identity and gender ideology being taught to his kids in school. I came here um, because I want my daughters to have the same, excuse me, um, I want my daughters to have the same America that I had growing up. I want them to have the same opportunities. And there's that meme, you had one job. I got one job, Ainsley. Yeah. And I'm not going to go down, I just want them to have the same opportunities to be free, mm. to be judged by the content of the character and on their merit. And not because they're black, that, oh, you have to have this helping hand, and then employers find out. No, I don't want that for them. I want the same America that I had the opportunity. That's a black man who grew up in America 40 years ago. So he grew up in America, you know, 30 years ago. He's a 10-year-old. 30 years ago was 1990. And about 1990, we didn't really talk much about race being an issue. But it has been recreated as an issue, first by Barack Obama, and then, oh, look, we can make political hay off racial division. Woohoo! The Republicans will never win another election! That's why it was useful to Democrats. Uh, that black father in Virginia, um, 
came to America from Kenya. And uh, Ainsley Earhart found his story interesting enough to follow up. What is your story? Because she told us her story, incredible, what America gave to her, and now she fears for our democracy. How about you? I mean, I I fear, I I remember in 1983, I think, I went to Kenya to visit after I'd already come here as a much younger child. And I remember relatives talking about politics Mm -hmm. in hushed tones, whispering to each other. And I remember thinking, boy... This is so different. You know, people in America can just talk about politics out in the open. Mm-hmm. And then for my daughter last night to tell me, okay, Daddy, you're going to be on TV, but just don't get canceled. Aww. Right? That's telling me that she doesn't want me to say something out right. loud. She wants me to whisper. Right. How is it that 40 years later, 40 years later in America, this is a problem? It's unconscionable, mm-hmm. and we have to fix it. We do have to fix it, and the only way to fix it is to tell the truth and to... As I've said before, you have to get to the point where you do not care and do not pay attention to the lies people tell about you. Oh, you're racist. Oh, you're homophobic. Oh, you're this, you're that. No. No. That has no power over me. It does not have power over you unless you give people who do not deserve it the license to define you. You know who you are. You know what your genuine concerns are. Jack Windsor said it. I love all kids. And I've always said the position of the conservatives on this, the position of people who want to keep this stuff out of schools is the compassionate, loving position because kids are not capable of learning it. Those who would try to cram LGBTQ ideology down on little kids would pervert the authority and influence they have over those children at a point in their lives, at a point in their lives where those children are most vulnerable. Here's the woman to whom Ainsley Earhart referred, a Chinese woman who escaped communist tyranny in China under Mao Zedong. She, we didn't have time in the last segment to get to you, so tell us why you wanted to be here. Very simple. I do not want to live under communism again. I escaped it, but it's coming here. It's coming to America. People need to wake up. What's going on here is a communist takeover. Why education? Because education is the front line of the battlefield. And uh, we talked about education is not a partisan issue. I totally agree. It is an issue between Marxism and Americanism. That is. Give some examples. You said you're seeing our schools, the same thing that was happening to your school in China. Give us some examples. Indoctrination. And during the Cultural Revolution, as Mao's slogan is uh, politics in command. In school, we learn uh, ideology first. We learn very little about academic uh, subject, and uh, tests were banned. And uh, we, we, yeah, it's exactly. We are going in that direction. Exactly, right? that's the thing. That's we are on that same path. Sound familiar? Ideology first. Tests are banned. Oh, you can't tell a kid they're failing. They'll get us the bad self-image. No, you have to build them up. You have to affirm them. Yeah, nothing new. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.